0: 10 of the Setting the Age podcast. This is Justin Mosqueda at J U M O S Q on Twitter. I'm here with my brother, Charles yeah. McDonald.
1: Yeah. He's <laughs> at Aaron Donald Trump on Twitter. Say what's up to Charles. That's messed up. I'm not Aaron Donald Trump. What's up? All right. Uh, before we get started, uh, when I posted the uh, pods to the Falcoholic last week, we had uh, a few, well, let's leave it at a few complaints that uh, the episode with Eric Galco last week had a little bit too much curse in it so uh we're gonna try to tone it down for you guys sorry about that
0: we justice
1: yeah we as injustice.
0: <laughs> also charles is gonna speak up and i'm gonna start laughing directly into the microphone because yeah. i have the most fucking annoying oh wow! the most can we we'll bleep that yeah we'll bleep.
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll bleep that. I- i'll spend three days trying to figure out how to bleep that sure okay do it
0: um What's up? So we should talk about like the senior bowl, I guess. Wrap up because you told the people. I didn't realize this until uh, I re—I went back and listened to the episode with Josh. You were like, "Yeah, we're gonna have like another episode. Like we'll recap day three. Like, hmm, that's not gonna happen.
1: Well, yeah, that didn't happen because I didn't account. For, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I was drunk when we were recording. And I didn't account that I was gonna be leaving the next day. So yeah, uh, you,
0: le- you left before you missed an entire practice. Yeah, I did with, I, my, with I, my shirt on.
1: I know. I still have it. I'm wearing it right now, actually. It's nice. Yeah, it's pretty comfortable. But uh so we're just going to recap the week what we did and uh I guess the game, get the game too.
0: Uh we hit the under. Yeah, if we, you follow me on Twitter, I would have told you hit the under. It was like 36 and a half or something like that. And it ended up being like 32 or something.
1: Yeah, 30. I think yeah, 30 33 was the final something yeah. like that. We did it. Uh so who, who who kind of impressed you this week in the practices?
0: um for sure the the biggest dude at at least in terms of the linemen um the guy who i didn't expect to do something who really stood out was tanzel smart yeah like he was he was a guy who every single practice brought he wasn't as good as like sheldon rankins or like javon hargrave were last year but he clearly was the most athletic defensive tackle down there i know um I uh, I butcher his name I can't even remember it's the kid from Charlotte he did some nice stuff too but like Tanzel Smart yeah. it was like every single snap
1: yeah the kid from Charlotte Larry Larry Ogunjobi yeah I practiced that a lot um, yeah I thought those two guys kind of had nice weeks I think they they might have pushed themselves into I, I think Smart might have pushed himself into day two and if Ogun yeah, Joby's I was gonna there. say around
0: top top 100.
1: Yeah, if Ogundjioyi's still there on day three, I, I I don't expect them to make it out of the fourth round. I, I I think both guys might struggle against the run. I know on the first day they both kind of got destroyed in the team run drills like that. Uh, uh, that offensive line was just steamrolling those dudes, especially when yeah. first lap was still there. And uh, I, but I do think they'll they'll offer some uh some pass versatility, like sh- straight from the gate on day one. So th- look at th- yep. those guys would definitely rise. And I expect both of them to have at least solid combines, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, you could tell you could tell by the way Tanzel moves, right? Where, like, they're running the hoop drills and he looks like a linebacker out there. And yeah. it's like he moves totally different than all ever, all the rest of the defensive line, not just the defensive tackles, like everyone. Like, it would not surprise me if that dude ended up having, like, the craziest three-killer. Like, almost like, uh, let me think. Like Malik Collins, kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's like, a good something, like something, yeah, like something like that. Um, another dude who I thought did well, if we're gonna stick with the defensive tackles, uh, Eddie Eddie Vanderdoes. Like he very clearly has tools, but like if he he wants to win initially with his first step, right? And if he doesn't win with that, and he ends up getting bogged up, he's gonna spin, and that I mean he has the athleticism to spin, right? But you're either getting into the backfield and making a play with penetration with that, or you're ending up a gap over and messing up everyone's run fits on the defense. And like half the time, he ends up on the ground. So it's like, I don't know. Like if you can, if you can teach that out of him where he's like, you're a nose tackle. Sometimes you're just going to have to eat blocks. Like I think he'll – he'd be a much better prospect.
1: Yeah, uh, that's what I was uh, – that's what I was thinking about because, I mean, I, I knew he was like a five-star recruit coming out, but – UCLA fell off the map so quick that I just didn't pay any attention to them uh, during the season. So, I mean, this was pretty much kind of my first exposure to them, and I was pretty impressed. And, you know, like like Josh Norris was saying on the pod last week, he, uh, he does have a tendency to spin out of trouble when he gets, you know, in, into traffic, which is a huge no-no, especially if you're going to be 325 pounds and probably playing one tech most of the time, you can't spin and leave that, that A gap wide open and leave your back, leave your linebackers out to get blasted by a three hundred pound center. Um but if, if he can just kinda learn to sit in there and take that physicality and play like a three hundred twenty five pound guy instead of like a two hundred ninety five pound guy, I think I think he's probably gonna be a pretty damn good player in the NFL. Like I was really surprised at how strong he was uh during the week. I mean when they were doing the uh the uh, combo block drills the two on one block recon stuff, he – was just destroying, like, like when he decided to, he was going to commit and stay inside of the, of the of the double team instead of trying to spin out, he was just eating those up and just, like, throwing dudes on the ground. So I think he's a, def, a guy who definitely has a ton of upside. And as a big-name guy who's a former five-star recruit, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up, like, top 75.
0: No. And I want to ask you about two more dudes um, at, at defensive tackle. So Carlos Watkins uh, didn't, like, not bad uh, – but not not, not, that, not good, not great, not not great good. either. Yeah, like he kind of just looks like, um, if he is a starter, he looks like a low end starter who f- flips in a defense that doesn't really care who their one and three is, right? Like they just kind of move yeah. him on the shade, right? Um, and if not, he's like a third dude in a rotation, like a pretty good third dude in a rotation. But he doesn't look like all that, which is kind of problematic when you we we came into this week thinking like, I mean, you were high on Julio Johnson, but everyone else would seem it seemed like. Uh, Carlos Watkins was the number one defensive tackle on their board for the senior, like the entire senior class, not even just the guys who are here. Um, and that's who that's yeah. different from last yeah. year.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I don't, I mean, I, I, I watched Carlos Watkins before because he was a late ad because he wasn't going to sure if he was going to come uh, after that championship game, but he decided to come anyways. And, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't get it. Like he's not, he's not bad, but he's not good. Like the, the tape that you see at Clemson was pretty much, What he displayed this week in mobile. And I think, you know, he's probably like, your like, if you can get him like how Minnesota was rotating, they would have Linval Linval Joseph and Sharif Floyd and then Tom Johnson coming in behind him. If you can get Watkins to be kind of like Tom Johnson guy and be your third defensive tackle. That's pretty solid. But I mean, there's nothing that screams that he's going to be an impact starter.
0: Right, and then uh, the other dude was Dalvin Tomlinson from Alabama, right? Yeah. And it's kind of it's kind of weird to have an underrated Alabama guy, but he came in and probably the most consistent guy, like against the run, and uh, not a great pass rusher, right? But I don't think he's like a massive liability as far as like the relative scale of nose tackles, you know what I mean, or like shades ones, whatever the hell you want to call him.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but so I was thinking about this. I think I, I might have talked to you about this. I was going around senior bowl and asking some people what they were thought during practice, like during the team drills and stuff like that when I'm not paying attention. Um, so if we go through the top, just pure, pure defensive tackles in this class, right? Of guys who are going to line up three and inside for every rep, right? We're probably going to have Jaleel Johnson and Caleb Brantley. I think, I think we're on that bandwagon, right? Yeah. Caleb Johnson and, and uh, or uh, Jaleel Johnson and Caleb Brantley are one and two. And then after that, I'm not so sure Dalvin Tomlinson isn't number three. Yeah. And that like, that is that a first round pick? Like, like if you look historically through draft classes, like defensive tackles still get drafted high. Like in terms of just pure numbers, like three guys are going to come off the board. And if he's number three, then like, huh? You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's not as good as Jaron Reed was last year. But Jaron Reed was in a deep defensive tackle class.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if if at the end of the day after what thompson put on this week and i mean I'm, I'm just looking at like the uh the list of defensive tackles i have on my list i plan on watching and some guys have already ranked uh would you be shocked if he went like top 45 top no
0: because i that that was my question that i was posing to guys i was like look how sure are we that like he isn't gonna get drafted around the same range that uh Jaren reed was
1: or even higher just i mean just cause right? compared yeah. to last year uh this is this is I wouldn't say it's a weak defensive tackle class, but it's definitely like last year was really, really last year good. was loaded last, last year, year defensive
0: loaded. tackle was like what we are right now uh for pass rushers where it's like this is just insane, like you could throw a rock and hit a pass rusher in this class yeah,
1: uh yeah I, I mean yeah, I thought that i i mean it's it's so tough because when you watch the Alabama defense. You, you get it's hard. You get distracted by guys like John Allen, Tim Williams, Ruben Foster, even guys like Rashawn Rashawn Evans who can move and Ryan Anderson, but Dalvin Thompson. He's a he's a he's he's pretty solid. And like you said, I I think he's a little bit underrated right now, which is kind of uncharted territory for an Alabama defensive line prospect. But he had a nice he had a nice little week in mobile. I thought he made some made himself some money.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go over some. O-linemen. Dan Feeney looked really good, the kid out of Indiana. Um, everyone's saying that he has concussion issues, and it's like someone said it's like 3-5 to five or something like that. So I guess uh, that's something to keep in mind. That guy might not be drafted based off of his talent. So uh, do what you want to do with film breakdowns. The Bucknell kid, uh, Julian Davenport, um, even in the game yesterday, I mean, you just see he's getting eaten up every single play. Like I I'm, I think he might have won like one one-on-one on one all week.
1: Yeah, he did not have a good in practice. Um and, I mean it just sucks like when you see a guy who's just totally outmatched, it was him and uh the Mississippi State fifty eight senior. Is that Justin March? Is that his name? No,
0: Justin Sr. Oh
1: Justin Sr. Oh well I, I got never mind. Uh but uh yeah, senior was I think he might have been the worst player in the whole game.
0: Yeah. It, it like those those two looked horrible in uh even the like the senior bowl. I was breaking it down uh on my timeline if you want to if you guys are big fans of GIFs. Uh <laughs> Oh <laughs> we go to my timeline, I was breaking down, like, the pass rushers and offensive linemen uh, live. Um, Taylor Moten, Western Michigan. Hey.
1: Hey, that was a good call. That hey. Guy's a, that guy's a Taylor- beast. Listen, I,
0: we were the earliest people on Taylor Moten. These sure. are facts. These are straight-up facts. And uh, he, like, shut everything down. Like, even – I think I think both of us would go as far as to say, like, Derek Rivers, the kid out of Youngstown State, who I was also, like, a much bigger fan of than, like, 90% of draft Twitter. Um he probably had the most consistent week rushing the passer, right? Right. And there was a spot where, like, Derek Rivers got off a perfect pass rush. And for 90% of these offensive tackles, you if you would have just taken a screen cap and said what happened, like, a half a second after this, it would have been, like, that offensive lineman's on the ground. Or he's, like, trying to find uh, Derek Rivers' license plate as he's passing by, right? Yeah. But Taylor Mone just sunk. and was just like, yep, eating you. Yep, I'm yeah. in control. <laughs> Any
1: anytime somebody tried to bull rush Moten all week, that that was just a waste of a rep because that dude was not getting moved off his spot, like even by an inch.
0: Yeah. Uh, Zach Banner, USC. He's very large. Uh, he's the slowest guy in all these online drills. Um, people keep saying, I mean, I, I did we talk about this on the podcast when we interviewed Stevie T, the nose tackle out of USC? And we oh, were yeah. talking about him potentially coming on the podcast uh, down the line. And we were like, yeah, like we have this podcast. We're gonna like we're trying to invite guys. And he was like, oh, are you trying to get to Zach Banner? And we were like, what the fuck are you? Th- oh, oh, there we go again. Oh, Jesus. We gotta it. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. We were like, what? What are you talking about, man? If we uh, went to Zach
1: Banner, we, we just would have asked him.
0: We would, yeah, we would have talked to it Zach Banner. Like two feet away. But it seems like everyone around Zach Banner thinks that he's better than he is because Zach Banner talks about himself in that way, and that's like, this dude is like, this dude. Is not good at football, one, right, and needs to lose, like, 30 to 40 pounds, and that's your baseline with this guy, and I'm like, I don't, like, that's, that's a, that's like a, that's a fly. that's like a fifth to seventh round pick.
1: Yeah, Um, yeah, I I don't think he's, yeah, he sucks, let's just leave it at that, Um, but he, his dad is a, his dad's a Hall of Famer, and he he, he, he was a former five-star, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and he he's yeah. like basketball background, all that stuff. So, yeah, so he's gonna get drafted. He's
0: very he he's kind he's kind of like uh you know how people talk about like if Eric Armstead would have played offensive tackle, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I guess if Eric Armstead would have played offensive tackle and like gained seventy pounds, gained, yeah, gained seventy pounds. That's basically him. Um, on the south side, Antonio Garcia, Josh Norris's guy, who I correctly pegged as the top senior. Uh, on his list and he kind of denied it for some reason um, He Up and down a little bit a little a little more inconsistent than we would have thought but I mean he he fits every single Mold that we thought of him coming in, you know, what I mean long guy holds his weight really well incredibly athletic all that
1: Yeah uh, he, he had a pretty nice week but, I mean, it was, it was just fun, like, kind of trolling Josh because Josh was saying that this guy was like, oh, he's going to be, you know, a top 15 pick at the end of the day. And He came out and got his ass kicked the first day. Thought, I, I thought that was pretty funny just because it's fun to troll Josh. he just goes, it's, it's, it
0: was four reps. It was four <laughs> reps. He only got four reps. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, as far as the offensive tackles are concerned, on the, the rest of them, uh, let me think. There's not even anyone that I want to talk about. Oh, Will Holden, the kid out of Vanderbilt. I don't know what you nah, – uh, yeah. were you even there
1: for that? I don't know. I don't know who that is.
0: Yeah, so he was in addition <laughs> on day 3. He was in addition on day 3 and he uh if you if you could find it there's a gif of him and Garcia. Yeah, it was Garcia. Him and Garcia um working those those combo drills uh and they drove a defensive tackle probably 10 yards off the ball through a Cleveland Browns coach. Like put Oh, the coach I, I, on I, saw the, uh,
1: I saw the video of that actually.
0: Yeah. yeah, so that happened. Like That was the last rep of the combo drills, and it just – like, everyone, like, really excited. And then they went down and did uh, pass rushing one-on-ones because for some reason Cleveland Browns don't want to stay on one end of the field. They want to make scouts shuffle in herds. Um, and then in pass pro, he's just, like, standing guys up, like, against Tom Linson and against um, – against uh, who's the telling kid? Uh, all Smart. We just talked about him. Um, just Just, like, standing these guys up like it's nothing, man. Yeah, and okay. I, I was super impressed by that. Like he might have been the best guard other than Force Lamp's reps at guard, but Force Lamp only was there for a day, and he was a late addition. I guess he was down at the Shrine Game as an offensive tackle, but like just watching him from what he did then, and then in the game, he's a tall dude. He's listed at six seven, but like that that dude can play inside.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll take your word at it. I'm not gonna waste my time and go watch Vanderb- Vanderbilt football. So. I trust you. If you say he's good, then he's probably good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was like, uh, we were hanging out and they were announcing, um, I was hanging out with the inside the pylon, inside the pylon guys. Uh, I'm not sure if you were with us at that point or if you were flirting with master. Um, but I was hanging out with them and they were going over the intercom and they were telling, they were telling us who the new additions for the game for the practice were. Right for the the injury replacements. And uh Robert Leff, the the tackle from Auburn was announced and we turned around to Shane because Shane Shane Alexander that Shane Alexander. Um he lives down in Mobile and he's like pe- people call him basically like SEC Homer, right? Yeah. Uh, big draft Twitter SEC Homer. Big huge 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 Homer. Um and uh we turned around and asked him who that was and he was like I don't even know that guy's name and he's from Auburn and we're like oh god he's going to be trash. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I I I didn't pay attention to to any of that. So,
0: to yeah, I, I didn't
1: watch as much football. I was playing on to when I when I initially got there, but we still had a good week.
0: You you look, I th- I think you're better for it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think so. Too. I, think, I think you're clearly better for it. Um, <clears throat> pass rushers, Dwayne Spoot from Illinois. Uh, it, I thought he was going to have a huge week. So did he, I. He basically did. He wasn't bad. Right? Like he he wasn't like totally dominated in pass rushing drills, but like he he didn't have a single flash play all week. All yeah.
1: week. I mean I mean it seemed like Phillips, his teammate had a better week than he did. Uh
0: I don't know about that. Um Phillips Phillips got straight up dominated on some of those pass rushes. Sure. And then, like, some of the flashy ones he was going against for really bad guys. So, I don't know. But, I mean, Carl Phillips was a starter on, uh, I guess it would be the North team. Uh, he was, like, their outside linebacker hybrid guy. They did some weird stuff with Phillips and Smoot. Because Smoot, the first day, they had him rotating with outside linebackers and DNs. And he's the bigger dude. You know what I mean? Like, he, like, visibly is, like, stockier. Yeah. And Carol Phillips was working straight up with the DNs as a pass rusher. And he's, like... I think he was like 250 pounds. Um, Derek Rivers, we already mentioned him, Youngstown State. He was super good. Uh, I think we were right on that. Uh, Hassan Riddick from Temple, he had a huge week. Mm-hmm. Um, that rounds out our top three guys. I'm trying to think. Deshaun Hall did well when he was down. Like He was good day one, and he had that inside counter, and then kind of people figured out, hey, if we sit down on this inside move, he really can't do anything other than that uh, kind of an issue um vince beagle had some up and down play like very much uh like you see all the athleticism but sometimes he'll just flail and like he has sometimes he'll just have no no plan um kyle posey's guy jordan willis kansas state he didn't do that much in practice uh we did have people tell us that he's gonna go like top 40 though like he's he's might might be a first round pick that wouldn't surprise me because i've always compared him, him as an athlete is very similar to like nick perry like there are guys who are explosive off the ball and can't bend for anything, but like every once in a while, if you go against a bad tackle, he's gonna end up racking up stats. I think he had two tackles for loss and two sacks in the senior bowl, like the physical senior bowl game. Um, Ryan Anderson, Alabama. He had something happen with his hand, and he was all taped up. But had a pretty he quiet week though. He did. He got. He got. He got burned. He got burned in coverage, apparently. Yeah. I wasn't really watching the linebacker coverage. Deals. The two things that people kept coming up to me and telling me when I asked them about the outside linebackers, Ryan Anderson's getting burned in coverage and Tyus Bowser, the kid from Houston, who is Lance line said at minimum is going to be a top 100 pick. Um, he got blown up in uh, pass pro like every single time by running backs. So, yeah. Uh, let me think. Is there even any? Does anyone else
1: even matter, really?
0: That Tano guy, the huge guy from Villanova,
1: oh yeah, yeah, people I, I didn't like, really watch him that much this week,
0: yeah, people like him. he he's not good at anything, like legit, not good at anything. He might not be bad at anything, but he's not good at anything and he's six six uh during d- we made jokes about this with uh with Joe Goodberry, but during the game, they compared him to uh Dunlap they compared right? him, yeah, they compared him to Dunlap because of course, like that's the only type of guy that the that the Cincinnati Bengals want is they just want like guys who can knock down passes,
1: yeah, yeah. And uh, it was funny, we were at the airport and I asked, I saw Marvin Lewis and I asked him uh, what he thought of the Villanova title, or the defensive end, because uh, I-, I was like, yeah, you guys, you know, you got Dunlap, Michael Johnson, Marcus Hunt, all those dudes are like 6'6", plus, so uh, what do you got, what do you think of that Villanova defensive end? He's like, huh, uh, I'll see you around this week. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's fine, because you know their entire <laughs> coaching staff now at this yeah, point. Yeah. Like, something like that. Um, I think I think someone who messed up really big – really bigly uh, for not showing up is DeMarcus Walker. I, yeah. I legitimately think – because DeMarcus Walker would have gotten DN reps, and I think the only guy – or, like, full-time DN reps, right? And the only guy who could have competed him with him toe-to-toe would have been Derek Rivers, honestly. So, like, that, I think De, – DeMarcus Walker could have dominated some of these guys. Yeah. So – I think he he messed up bad by not showing up, man. That one didn't get I – t- I told you guys about this when that happened, like before – when I was making the list. And I was like, look, here are the seniors who aren't here. The ones that don't make sense are DeMarcus Walker and Devontae Fields. Devontae Fields never gotten invited. But DeMarcus Walker, like he shouldn't be calling his shots like that. That guy needs as much help as he can get because I think when guys go – when scouts go back and watch the film and realize he's a snap jumper, you know, he's going to end up falling down boards a little bit.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, he's really just like a 270-pound a defensive end. and he, I mean, he got killed first some run sometimes. But, hey. You know,
0: he, got, he got beat up by uh, by Ingram, the tight end out of Mississippi, who came in at, like, 236. Like, he was getting driven off the ball. People like to talk about that Mississippi game that he had at the beginning of the season that was, like, a big deal. That's the thing about DeMarcus Walker. He had a huge game to start the year, and he had a huge game to end the year, right? Yeah. Uh, but against Mississippi, like, he had, like, those three sacks or whatever, right? Um, but he was getting driven five yards off the ball by a two hundred and thirty pounds slot receiver. How's that guy going to play D tackle in the NFL? He's yeah. not a good enough. He's not a good enough athlete to play at the end.
1: Where's so funny, it's like, like you'll see Demarcus Walker get driven off the ball like three yards and then. Like the blocker will slip or he'll finally shed after he gets a body and then he'll make the tackle like three or four yards down the field and Florida State Twitter just gets all hype about them like dude that was a bad play.
0: What was it the Louisville game if you yeah. go back and watch the Louisville game all they do is read Demarcus Marcus Walker and just like, like he's a straight mark like they just go at him every single play like and they're like you're not going to do the right thing and you can't play in space so have fun with that.
1: Yeah uh so let's get into some of these senior bowl questions because i don't really think any of these other players mattered or we watched any of them the quarterback's bad yeah. uh i don't have any defensive back takes but uh i did talk to one coach there who said he thought tredavious white uh was going to end up being a first round pick so i mean that, that's kind of interesting
0: you you, ha- you have to do it right you have to say the conference and uh the division you have to say AFC South scout or something like that. Okay, that's what uh, Twitter. Ta- that's what Twitter taught me. Okay, oh, uh,
1: okay. According to Twitter, a former AFC East defensive backs coach. Uh, wow. I mean, that really narrows it down, huh? <laughs> uh, said, yeah, he thought that Tredavious White was the best. Uh, cornerback uh, there, and that a lot of guys are high on him. He's probably gonna end up being a first round pick. Oh, uh,
0: should we just drop sources? Should we just like rattle off things that we heard? A, uh, a NFC North quality control defensive backs guy uh, told me that the Packers are probably going to be looking at cornerbacks this week. So
1: nice. And I heard that uh, from uh two NFC South scouts that uh, Jaleel Johnson is high on both of their teams' boards, and uh, that you guys are overrating the hell out of Montrezius Adams. But, which, yeah, that, that, which is that something was... that we knew coming into the week, though.
0: But that was a weird thing, too, because we were at we were at the practices. And I mean, like straight up, we're literally just watching linemen. Yeah, I first, could not tell first, you what
1: that first day we were there. We, we, I mean, I was really focusing on that day. And uh, we were watching the D line drills and like the one on ones and the team run drills. And people are out here like hyping up on Travis Adams. And he's getting like pancaked and reached by uh, like offensive linemen on the regular. I'm like, dude, what are you guys looking at? how how do you, how does this guy have how is this guy having a good week and he's literally on the ground like every other play
0: we we have some weird things with narratives going into the senior bowl too cuz remember day 1 um last year before the we should tell everyone day 1 there's no leg pads right Yeah. like everyone's in shorts uh Ryan Switzer came out in like all blue everything blue blue baby blue undershirt baby blue shorts baby blue long socks um the kid from uh North Carolina uh and like last year i remember the same thing happened with like uh, noah spence remember everyone was like noah spence wow he's out here killing these drills and we were like what the hell are you guys talking about and then noah spence ended up having a great day two and day three um but it was like it was kind of clear to me at that point where i was like all right people are just gonna ride for their for their folks you know what i mean yeah yeah people are gonna ride for their takes like whatever that dude's gonna do he's gonna end up being good because i like noah coming into the game too um that was pretty i think he was like my third d end like in the class going into the game, but he didn't do anything on the first day.
1: Yeah, but, I, don't I, I mean, I'm kind of like the same with, with uh, Jaleel Johnson. Like, I, I'm I was high on him. I'm still high on him, but he didn't dominate the one on ones like he thought he was going to. I, like I thought he was going to. I thought he had a, a good performance in the team drills, but I was expecting a little bit more in the uh, like the one on one pass rush sessions. But with Montrevis Adams, he, he looked the exact same that he did at Auburn. You know, if it's
0: he he was loafing in the 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 non competitive drills, where it's just like him hitting bags and stuff like that. Like it was very low effort, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it was visibly a, low effort.
1: Yeah, he was sluggish. He was walking. He looked like he—he he looked like he was just out of shape and kind of tired. But I mean, in in the team drills, he looked the exact same as he did at Auburn. Where, you know, if it's coming right at him and he gets lucky enough that he can go against like a, a little bit of a taller center like Ethan uh Ethan Pochick from LSU, he can kind of get that natural lev- leverage because he's not. You know, very. I think I think he's pretty stiff in his hips. And he kind of struggles to get low uh, against uh, interior offensive linemen. And if it's right in front of him, he has enough burst where he can kind of make that play where it's directly in front of him, and he doesn't have to think about it. But any time a play is going away from him and he has to react to what's in front of him, uh, I mean, he was just getting manhandled, in and every single one of those situations. So I, I I don't get the hype. Like I don't get why we're why why are we doing this?
0: All right. Uh. Questions. Let's do this so you can All get right. AP the God on.
1: Yeah. Uh. So, from this, I think this is my favorite question we've ever gotten. Which, from draft Nick Troller, which player in the Senior Bowl is more likely to snatch a chain once in the NFL?
0: Hmm. Who is being very loud this week?
1: Um, it, it might be Ryan Switzer. Ryan Switzer, just snap, in that deep southern drawl he has, snatches somebody's yeah. chain. Yeah. Um. Man, I'm trying to think. So,. I could I could see like Stevie T from USC kind of having the swag to just pull that off. Yeah, uh, he he definitely had LA swag. Like, there's oh, no doubt about no it. No doubt about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like most of these dudes were like pretty low key guys.
0: Yeah, the only the only dude who was like, I mean, Desmond King like interrupted our interview, right? Yeah, he he might be outgoing enough to do it, but I mean, he he did everything with a smile.
1: Yeah, he he was he, he wasn't fierce like Tlaib was. Um. Let's think You got the roster pulled up.
0: Yeah, I have the roster pulled up. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think who's acting like a like a jerk this week. I don't think there was really anyone who kind of stood out that way. There was no one who was chippy. I mean, last year there was like if you're talking about like leader bro and all that stuff, right? Like very much last year, it was Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was leader bro. You know what I mean? Where he, like idea. he's the first dude running to the end zone. Like when they're doing anything, you flip sides of the field. He's the first dude leading everyone else to the other side. Um. I don't know. Let me look. Bow. I I didn't really see that much of bowl wear, honestly.
1: He, um, he he. I mean, the only, every time I looked up, he was just getting toasted by somebody. Yeah. He can't run.
0: Uh. Who who got in fights? Uh. Garcia I, got in a fight with who? Day. De- it might be Deshaun.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. That, yeah that's probably uh, Deshaun. Yeah, he was throwing actual punches like in that fight. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, real, like legit. He, he was I hate you punches.
0: And then the gra- the Grambling dude got in a fight too, right? Chad they Williams. Chad yep.
1: Yeah, so I guess we'll we'll, we'll use uh, Deshaun Hall or Chad Williams to answer that question. Yeah. All right. right. For the uh, next one, from Football Rave, is a hot dog a sandwich. We're not going to waste time. So the next question uh, from Small Tide: Who was the most handsome ne- draft nerd, and who was the most fun to drink with? Uh,
0: uh the most the most fun to drink with was probably. Uh, I don't know. I made fun of Jeff Risden's uh, scar from his heart surgery and said that he blew out his ACL and he kind of <laughs> took it in stride. This was after, hold up. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff had heart surgery and we were, we were, <laughs> we were at beer garden and he's eating a uh, hamburger that the buns were made out of uh, donuts, donuts, like yeah. laced donuts. And yeah. I like turned around, I was like, what the hell are you doing here, man? What yeah. the hell is going on?
1: Just guzzling um, down beers and eating <laughs> a burger with donuts as the buns. Uh, so yeah, I, I would, th- I would say, uh, Jeff is fun to drink with. Um, I think I'm pretty fun to drink with <laughs> when I'm not screaming I, at you. You're t- when,
0: when you're telling when, when like we can find you. Like yeah. I I kept looking up and being like, people are like, yo, where's Chuck? I'm like, uh, what? I don't know. And they're like, we haven't seen him in a half hour. I'm like, he's gonna come back with Joe Belichick's number in like twenty <laughs> minutes. Don't about it. um most under ha-
1: under oh go. Most handsome, I mean Trevor Sycoma. It has to be
0: it. I was gonna say, I was gonna say un- underrated uh, fun drinkers, Trevor Sycoma and Luke Inman. Oh, those yeah, guys are yeah. Those guys are hilarious. Yeah, I love those. Guys.
1: We got into the uh, we to a, a bar. I think it was on Tuesday night. Yeah, yeah, on Tuesday. And uh, after we were leaving, we had our uh, our good pal DD class at QB class. Shout out Derek. Uh, he picked us up from the bar in uh, the rental car that I rented, and we we gave Trevor a ride home, and we were bumping, you know, wrapping the car, and Trevor was with it. So, mad respect for that.
0: And Trevor drove us on like the other side of town, so yeah. he could drop so he could drop them off. <laughs> and then we <laughs> was we'll, like late to every single. Every try to get-together, we try to get him over.
1: I mean, but Mobile's like, it's a small town, though. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Oh, from our good pal, uh, Deontay Lee at DL Blacks. Hi, guys. You
0: you guys did a video.
1: Yeah, we did yesterday. Uh, We did a video. I watched
0: like five minutes of it because I was watching Clueless. I watched it during a smoke break when my girl was watching Clueless at my house.
1: Yeah, I, I messed it up because I, I didn't realize that when uh, he was speaking, it was going back to his face. So. <laughs> yeah, but, I, I noticed uh, that. But uh, it was really good. You know, Deontay is really smart with you know the schemes and putting offense together and stuff like that. So we had a, a quick little video breakdown on uh, Deshaun Watson, the quarterback from Clemson. I mean, everybody knows that. I don't need to say that. It's pretty redundant. But we picked out three plays from his game against Louisville. One good, uh, one bad. But where it's kind of correctable and one ugly play where it's just like, hey, bro, you you can't do this in, in the NFL and expect to keep your job for that long. So you should definitely go check that out. I think it's a pinned tweet on the Setting Edge uh, Twitter page right now. Uh, but Deontay asked, hi, guys, longtime listener, first time caller. Can you build a 40 or a 50 front with just guys in the draft? I, that's a pretty good question.
0: Yeah. Um, do we want to do this first? Like are we each building a team?
1: I mean we can just kind of bounce ideas off each other. You want to start off?
0: Uh Miles Garrett on both teams.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> he can, he'll he'll play right end or or uh right outside linebacker for me. I don't really care. Um I think on the here's what we'll do. We'll do the 50 front first. All right. We'll talk about the 50 front first. Um I think Miles Garrett coming off the right side. I think that would probably be the best situation. Um if we're talking about a left outside linebacker, I don't think people really realize. We've had this conversation before on here, I think. Um like 3 4 teams right odd fronts whatever you want to call them 50 fronts whatever you go, want to call them um like you're not sending five every play no like one guy still has to drop into coverage and that that's really i mean in the people talk about it like you need to be a pure pass rusher right to play three four outside linebacker and that's kind of the narrative out there but you got to think about it like this on a run play you're defending the run yeah it doesn't matter if you're it doesn't matter if you're playing outside linebacker or dn right on a pass play that's when you might brush the passer or, or drop in coverage. So I think that that other guy, you have to have one guy who's good in coverage. You know what I mean? Like I think the way we've kind of tabbed the out, that 34 outside linebacker position is kind of wrong just because people want to just put tweeners, right? They're just like, oh, this guy's small. Like just play my outside linebacker. It's almost like how we talk about offensive tackle and guard play where it's yeah. like that's not that's not totally relatable. That's not totally how that thing works. Um I'm thinking if I was to drop a guy in the coverage I think that that other dude's going to be Hassan Riddick, the guy at the temple. I mean, he clearly played past every test down here. Um, former former uh, walk-on cornerback, converted to outside linebacker, converted to DN, converted to inside linebacker this game. Um, he got a couple pass rushing reps this week, did well in them, uh, didn't practice with them full time.
1: Uh, yeah, so we got Garrett and Hassan Riddick, you said? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I zoned out for a sec, my bad. Uh, That's all good. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> let's see. So for the ins- interior guys, are we going to put Dalvin Thompson in there?
0: At nose? I wouldn't be opposed to it. That's what I was going to say.
1: We could put like Dalvin Thompson if, if we're just going to go like a bare front with uh, well, like a, a nose and two threes, I'm cool with Dalvin Thompson at nose and then Jaleel Johnson and Caleb Brantley kind of surrounding him yeah that's cool
0: with me yeah. i think if you're gonna play if you're gonna play fives i think the guys that probably make the most sense are like solomon thomas and luke McDowell.
1: yeah
0: and they're, ca- they're kind of flexible too where like I, you can make okay. that into a 40 front pretty easy
1: i kind of like solomon thomas is like a like what do you think about him as a like a stand-up edge in the three four
0: i don't really mind it but i don't I, he you don't want him to drop into coverage
1: yeah that's fair i just like, think like he could he he's could,
0: fine but you gotta have another guy to pair with him you know fair. what i mean
1: yeah yeah um and so, same thing
0: with like uh like like how Oakland uses Khalil Mack and Bruce Irvin, Bruce Irvin drops into coverage a bunch. Like yeah. Khalil Mack's going after the passer. Like if if you, if you if you have that type of relationship, not necessarily like those styles of play are kind of different, but if you have that relationship where it's like Solomon Thomas is the pass rusher, the other two is the guy who drops into coverage and rushes the passer, then that's cool with me.
1: Yeah. Um all right, so for the uh forty front, Miles Garrett
0: Miles at N. Yeah, <laughs> Miles Garrett uh,
1: at N. I'm cool with John Allen at the other end, at the left end. Yeah, all right. That's cool with me. And then on the interior. Um hmm, should we go I mean Johnson and Brantley again? Or would you rather have a stout body in there? Uh dunno.
0: I mean I'm team penetrator and let linebackers clean up. That's oh, cool huh. with me. Yeah, Johnson yeah, and especially,
1: Brantley.
0: John especially Allen. we got Jonathan, yeah, Jonathan Allen playing outside. That's fine. We're gonna stop the run, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, unless, I, unless you're running like a reverse Jonathan Allen's way. Shouts to the Cleveland Browns. This practice, this whole practice structure was weird. I don't think we talked about this. Um, they were running like team drills before they stretched, or not team drills, like like scrimmages, basically like scrimmage reps before yeah. they stretched. And the first play that the Cleveland Browns ran was a reverse, like off the jump, and then they were running like RPOs. And yeah, I was like,
1: I asked, uh, what is I,
0: going on here?
1: I asked Jaleel Johnson about that actually right before we had our uh, interview. I was like, dude, so. You guys were just coming out and running RPOs and stuff like that in practice. He was like, "I was like, did you guys have like a, a, a classroom session?" He's like, "Oh, he's like, yeah, we had mad classroom sessions before we even took our first practice." So, I mean, they are they were all on the same page, and I, I thought it was pretty impressive that you know their first the first thing they were doing on the first practice was running RPOs with pretty pretty decent timing. Uh,
0: I have an idea for next year's media day that I thought of. Um, you know how everyone just tweets out like, "Hey, this player is meeting with whoever," right? Yeah. I think if we want to just like pander to Twitter, I think the easiest way to do it would be ask, just going up to guys and just rapid fire asking like get as many top guys as we can find and just ask them, one, did you apply for the draft advisory board last year? Two, what was your grade? Three, what, what, what teams have you talked to? Yeah. Because th- those tweets would do numbers, if that's yeah. what we're trying to do. Or we could do interviews. I don't know. Maybe we could have a voice recorder app the next time instead of yeah, just recording on so video. Record
1: on hmm. video. I mean, I still have hmm. them, so maybe if we maybe later we could throw them on something. I don't know. but I'll, I'll just we'll keep free. them for good yeah. measure. All right. You want to kick it to this uh, interview with AP?
0: Yeah. So Andrew Parsons, he writes for uh, Twitter.com. He, <laughs> tweets, he tweets for Twitter.com. Not as much as he used to. He used to do stuff with Draft Mecca with uh, Eric Stoner and I and everyone else, apparently. Matt Harmon friend friend of the show Matt Harmon um so we're gonna bring in Andrew Parsons and we're gonna talk about uh his and Charles McDonald's uh Atlanta Falcons potentially winning the Super Bowl for the first time
1: rise up all right uh yeah we'll kick into that right now I'll be right back
0: Yeah. No, my friends that so we're here with our friend, Andrew Parsons, in real life friend for me. Um, he used to write for Draft Mecca. Where else did you used to write, AP? Well,
2: I did Draft Breakdown for a little while. I was kind of all over the map. Football yeah. averages too. Yeah, I did a little bit of everything, man. I yeah. dabble.
0: He's now retired. He's now he's now a uh, Falcons fan Twitter account that tweets about <laughs> rap music every like once every yeah. couple weeks. Um, so we're here to talk about the Super Bowl. He and Charles are both Atlanta Falcons fans. Um, I mean, just talk about the emotions for the season. I mean, just from the beginning of like the Kyle Shanahan intercepting Matt Ryan in like practice, right, from like that vine to like your team is actually like about to play the Super Bowl in like a week. Um, like what does that feel like?
1: It's unbelievable. I mean, because okay, first of all, I mean, I didn't really care about that Kyle Shanahan picking off Matt Ryan practice because, I mean, it was just kind of funny, but he looked so bad in the preseason. And then, AP, do you remember that play in the first game against the Bucks where Charles Sims was surrounded by, like, five Falcons defenders and they cr- they all crashed into each other and he ran it for a touchdown?
2: I do. Dude, Unfortunately, I do. <laughs> I, I,
1: I mean, at that point, I was like, all right, I am done with all of this. And then somehow, you know, the offense just started clicking. Alex and Mack was a, probably the best free agent signing in the NFL. Uh, Ryan looked a lot better this year. And Jesus, I, like, we're in the Super Bowl. It's, it's still kind of hard to believe uh, considering, like, the expectations you know, I had going into the year.
2: You know what? It was one of those things. Uh, just give him some followers so more than 12 people can listen to his podcast. Uh, my preseason <laughs> preview on the I Hate Sully, at Sully Football Podcast. Um, I said I parlayed the Falcons losing Week One, which I won that bet. But I also had the Falcons uh, finishing in last place, winning maybe five or six games. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Matt Ryan looked broke down. He looked like old Donovan McNabb, like a pretty good quarterback who just fell apart. The preseason was a disaster. I mean, you, you went on Draft Breakdown, you saw Deion Jones, who everybody loves now, getting trucked by A.J. McCarron or whatever Jay Bama Coker. White quarterback there is now. <laughs> Coker, same thing. Yeah. Uh, it, it just didn't look good. It still looked like another year, but I was texting in Chuck the other day, and I was like, God damn it, they really made it. This trash team really made yeah, it. Yeah, made it to the Super Bowl. <laughs>
0: Yeah, my my dad's a Falcons fan, and he's just like all sorts of fucking confidence that I cussed again that I'm not supposed to cuss. I was told I wasn't supposed to cuss. Uh, my dad's got all sorts of confidence that I've never seen from him as a Fal- as an Atlanta Falcons fan before. And he's like, he's in love with Vic Beasley and Matt Ryan. Like he he might have another son, to name him after them, and like love him way more than he loves me. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so should we should we get into the problem? So first thing, right, is just like moneyline. So, or money line point spread. So, uh Atlanta's a three point dog in this game.
1: Yeah, I don't know what to say. Uh, they're going to win the game. So, and that's my unbiased opinion. I, I
2: mean, I already put money on the money line. So, yeah, I went money line as well. I mean, the the only way I can see the Patriots winning if, is if the Falcons score less than twenty seven. Yeah, which is kind of tough to believe at this point, but.
1: And uh, Aaron Schatz for Football Outsiders the other day, he tweeted that the Falcons have played the second toughest schedule of defenses in the year, and the Patriots have played the easiest schedule of offenses for uh, any team in the league. Uh, So, I mean, I I know it's Belichick, and they have some nice pieces in, like, Malcolm Butler and Malcolm Brown and uh, Devin McCourty, but how can you just not? At this point, we've seen every single week the Falcons have just lit up the other team's defense, except for that Eagles game. How, how can you just not assume it's going to happen again this week? Right. And yeah, they're, I mean, they're I beating
0: that these that's... spreads and they're beating these playoff spreads too. It's not like they're getting any, like they're getting better.
2: Yeah. It's just one of those things, like, I'm not sure how you stop them at this point. Like take Julio out and uh, the run game beats you. Yeah, I mean, Tevin Coleman receiving, that was one of my favorite prop bets. I mean, there's just too many options. It's just, uh, I'm not sure how, how you stop it at this point. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's... I mean, I—I I, I expect them to put up, you know, 35, 42 points, and it's kind of crazy that like we're at a point where we expect this to happen, but they've been doing it every week since, I mean, for almost three months now. I mean, that's, where, much, we're at, yeah. that's where we're at. So, I mean, if, if they can get into, like, you know, if, 35, 40 points, then I, I, I really do expect them to win. Yep, and I also
2: placed that at plus 130, so...
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. So
0: so this line this line thinks that Atlanta's scoring less than 28 points if they're cool. losing it. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we're taking the over on this? It's 38 and a half.
1: For Atlanta's points? Yeah, or- so basically...
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if it it were – if this were – if you hit the over, it'd be a 31-28 game. Atlanta. Atlanta winning – or losing by scoring 28 points. That would still cover the over.
1: Yeah, I just think they're going to score more points than that. I mean, they have have more drives that didn't end in punts than drives that ended in punts this year, which is – I mean, that's absolutely – How insane is that? That's unbelievable. And if you look at – like their points per drive uh, compared to other teams in the league. I think uh, our our buddy Derek Classen, he was showing me that stat, and they are uh, a full half point better than the next team in the league, which I think was the Packers, which is, I mean, I mean the efficiency and like speed and Shanahan pulling the string and Matt Ryan having a career year, I, I they, they haven't been stopped all season, and they're not going to get stopped against the Patriots.
0: I'm with you guys. Agree. I mean, I mean e- even not- even the Texans, like, scored early on against this Patriots team.
1: Yeah, and the Texans, they were in control of that game until – or not in control, but keeping pace with the Patriots until Brock Osweiler decided he was going to throw three picks in the second half and lost in the game. So I, I think anything's possible, man. I think this is the year where we win the Super Bowl.
0: So – Okay. So, if we are thinking about the for, for the people who are thinking about uh the Patriots money line, it's minus 256 right now. We're all, all our stuff right now is coming through uh, betonline.com, just online.com Uh shots the de- degenerates who listen to this podcast. Um they have alternative like alter like pseudo money lines basically uh on this that are like tied in with like Trump, right? So, if they win, Trump's tweeting about Bill Belichick, right? In it says it's like do not uses the exact phrase Bill Belichick on Twitter is minus 115 wow. for a yes. So you're getting you're getting like what is that like 40 points of value on uh, basically Trump, it, like the difference between the Patriots winning and Trump tweeting about Bill Belichick. Um, so I mean, it, like I'd rather put money on that than put money on the, the the Patriots like money line. I mean that's basically the same exact bet to me, and I just see more value there.
2: You know what? I saw that, but I, I feel like he would drop a coach Belichick and he'd lose the bet. You know what I mean? You oh, don't say wow. Yeah. He
1: would drop
2: a coach Belichick or something like that. That's true. That's a good point. It, it, it's the same thing with Brady. It uses the exact phrase, Tom Brady. I think he'll say right. another great performance, fifth Super oh, Bowl man. win by Brady. Not yeah. Tom Brady. So that's
0: a good point. All right. See, that's why. That's that, why. Yeah, I mean, head, that AP's was my expertise angle. right here. Yeah, good point. Ah,
2: um, top degenerate over here.
0: Top. <laughs> de- <laughs> top degenerate <laughs> on Twitter. Top degenerate on Twitter. AP. Uh, should we drop your handle? Drop your handle right now because uh, I'm not sure we did.
2: Ain't nobody care, but it's AP underscore IDGT. If you want there it. Go. There we go. Um, if you're looking for like a Gucci man fan account.
0: Go for it. Okay. So, AP, I brought in one of the props. You got to tell me what you've been looking at these. What ones are you interested in?
2: Um, Like I said, the big one for me right now is Tevin Colvin receiving yards.
0: Yeah, I remember. I remember, uh, I remember um, when uh,
2: Eric and I went down
0: to Super, I, and uh, Jinx. We went down to the Super Bowl, the the Patriots, Seattle one, and it seems like those pass catching receivers. I can't remember who it was for the Patriots, um, but we ended up nailing that one like last minute, and well, it was like
1: you're gonna let like, AP it just say the, the like, number is or
0: what? Yeah, all right. The, I'm just saying. My point was that they they underrate these receiving backs every single year.
2: The Tevin Coleman uh, receiving yards is twenty eight point five.
1: Oh, wow. Uh,
2: I mean, it just seems too obvious to me. Like, he catches 14-yard passes easily. Just, there's no linebacker in the league who can match up with him. I, as much as I love Hightower, there's just nothing that can happen there. Do yeah. you know that the Patriots are going to try and take away Julio? Um, I don't expect the Falcons to feature Sanu again or Hooper, but Kevin Coleman out of the backfield, I'm all in on that one. Yeah, and, I mean,
1: since Jamie Collins got traded, that they lost a lot of speed on that defense, and I think this is a big Tevin Coleman game too. What are the other prop bets you liked?
2: Uh, another one I really like uh, with two very good kickers is a field goal over 46.5 at plus 100. Hmm. I mean, you got Goskowski, Bryant, I mean, you know, the Falcons' defense isn't great, uh, but they put in some effort. I feel like they can get a third down stop, make Gostkowski probably try like a 50-51 yarder. Uh, we, we know Bryant Chuck, we know Bryant's pretty aggressive with those 48-49. Yeah. He's pretty accurate, so I feel like that's a pretty decent bet as well.
0: I have no numbers to back this up, but I feel like playoff games have longer field goal attempts than regular season games because i think there's there is some level of like when people talk about like two-point conversions and like basically looking like a dumbass trying to make you know taking long shots and things like that right or like taking non-safe shots but like even against like the dallas and green bay game we saw like we saw what was it four kicks of over 50 yards and basically like 90 seconds um so i don't i don't know i i kind of like that one too now now that you mentioned it i ended up missing that one
2: yeah, that's a good. Yeah, pick. I mean, I mean, it, it, it's it's pretty pretty tough to be bold on fourth down. Sometimes you tighten up a little bit, so especially with two very good kickers. So,
0: so what are we thinking on this? So, th- there's live TV props, and it's basically like, hey, this dude gets mentioned, or this topic gets mentioned on the broadcast, and things like that. The mentioning of lacrosse is over one, like basically lacrosse being mentioned is minus two twenty.
1: Were you saying lacrosse what? like the sport? Lacrosse, lacrosse yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, and the, the, under, the under is plus 70, 175. So I'm like, what what am I missing here?
1: Yeah, I got no idea. I, I, I mean, what what the hell does the cross have to do with this?
2: Uh, I feel like Hogan or Edelman had to play played the cross at some point. <laughs> Those fucking white boys doing <laughs> some nonsense with <like> that. <laughs> to be. I don't know, but that's my official guess.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, I got no takes on this one. I I mean I would be stunned if I saw uh well I guess I wouldn't be stunned now, now that we now that we know the uh prop bet, but a lacrosse commercial or something lacrosse being mentioned, that, that doesn't really make sense to me.
2: Yeah. Very odd. Um
0: What yeah. what are the – Yeah, I, I don't know. There's like there's a bunch of things, so it's like who the who the player th- like who the player thanks. And, like, God is, like, plus 225. Same thing as teammates. Um, like, Donald Trump is, like, 2,000. No one's going to no one in this game is going to
2: thank Trump first no, thing. No so, one's uh, thinking Trump. No one. <laughs> yeah, no, no one's that no dumb. No one's that dumb.
0: So, I don't know. I like God there. Like, that God plus 225. Like, how many times have you heard the MVP just go up and, like, I, I want to thank God, right? Like, yeah. that, that seems like a, that seems like I, a lock.
2: No, I, I mean here's the thing. If we're all in on the Falcons, I feel like Matt Ryan to be like, love my team, love my offense. You know what I mean? Team at yeah, plus three twenty five. Especially, yeah. with he all doesn't that, seem like know, a god guy. He seems like a team guy.
1: Yeah, and especially with all that brotherhood shit, like Dan or Dan Quinn has in been In Brotherhood. Preaching.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's going that, to
1: be uh, highly, highly up there.
2: Can
0: we can we talk about that? So that brotherhood thing. That's like, have you? Has anyone rallied around like? twitter avatars like you guys have in like the past couple weeks dude because like I it was know. like
1: instant because i mean when he first started talking about the in brotherhood stuff I was like man this is corny as hell but i mean <laughs> everyone's buying in the team's buying in like I, I, i'm not gonna doubt dan quinn ever again in my life for getting you know thousands of people to change their twitter avatars to in brotherhood that dude's just he, he's a legend
2: i mean i look at him and the first year i, I still remember texting chuck like I don't know about this guy as a football coach yet, but he seems like a good CEO. Like, people are buying in. It's corny, but people are buying in, and it just kind of worked this year. So, in brotherhood it is, I guess. I, I, I don't know. I, I can't understand it, but never doubt DQ again.
1: Yeah, I was talking to a, uh, a Falcon scout at the bar last week in Mobile, Alabama, who's been around the league for uh, a few years now. In
0: a I- NFC South, South scout. NFC South scout or from Twitter you're supposed to yeah but uh
1: he was like he was I was like so what's it like working with Dan Quinn compared to other head coaches that you've worked with he's like dude he's like Dan Quinn is one of the most amazing people I've ever met in my entire life and you kind of hear that same sentiment from uh from players like Dwight Freeney saying that Dan Quinn was his favorite coach that he ever uh went around he made come to work every single day a ton of fun and I, I think that I think he's he's getting better as a in-game management guy. I don't think really had any mistakes, even though like it's hard to have mistakes when you're just blowing people out every week. And I I think like from a like AP said from a CEO level, he's probably like right up there as the best guy in the league in terms of rallying people together behind a cause that may seem kind of corny on the surface.
2: Yeah, I I think Matt Ryan said it best. Uh, I believe I read a quote from a. Uh, Vaughn McClure article he basically said like hey he treats me differently than he treats Julio but he still connects to us on the same level and I mean that's a very tough task but he accomplishes it it seems like
0: okay so there's a first turnover first turnover prop right um Brady and Ryan really haven't like turned the ball over at all like this entire year um the first turnover being a fumble is plus 130 uh what do you what do you guys think about that one
1: um i don't even remember the last time they turned the ball over
0: right like it's like it's also a thing where i'm like oh it's gonna be some dude like these defenders trying to get on television in a super bowl game right like that's what it has to that's what it has to be
1: um i mean i, I don't i don't even know if, if there's gonna be a turnover at all like, like, well
0: like, no right? turnovers plus 500
1: i would take that bet
2: honestly you know what? I I feel like – I don't know who will be first, but I feel like Matt Ryan's going to throw a pick in this game. You think so? You think he's going to get baited he's, or something? He might get lost in the sauce a little bit. <laughs> there, 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 there were a couple throws against Green Bay Packers. I mean, he made them, but it was just like, brother, last year, that would have been picked off. So I feel like he'll probably test it a little bit too much, but just my thought.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I, I, like
2: Brady and Ryan have
1: both been mad safe with the ball this year, so I, I, I think I would, I would just kind of take that risk and no turnovers at plus five hundred and just you know throw a couple bucks on that and see what happens.
0: Yeah. See. So here's a here's another one that I like is total sacks, right? And the uh, so basically if if there are three or fewer sacks in this game, it's plus one fifteen, right? Um, Atlanta right now. I can tell you guys this from scouting Atlanta like. They're, they're really kind of in a pinch with like what the rotation that they have opposite of Beasley with Adrian Claiborne already going down, right? And uh, yep. the, who's the kid from Utah that came from uh, Miami? I forget his name already. Um, Shelby. Derek Shelby. Yeah, Derek Shelby going down. Um, I kind of worry about that pass rush a little bit, especially when they're they they send four so often, right? And it's not like like New England. Trey Flowers is leading New England in sacks, I believe. And it was basically like a three week span that like basically got him to lead the New England in sacks. And Atlanta has a great offensive line. Um, the Patriots don't have a bad offensive line, and Brady just gets the ball out of his hand instantly. Like under th- under uh, three and a half sacks, I don't. That I mean, I'd probably bet that an even, let alone plus one fifteen.
1: Yeah, but you know what's kind of weird though. You know who's quietly been a like a little bit of a game record, uh, game record for the Falcons this like postseason run. Is it AP? pool? No, I I think it's Uh-oh. Courtney Upshaw. What do you think of that, AP?
2: He he's been on a little bit of a hot streak these past two games. You know what? It, it surprised the hell out of me too. But yes, he's been a pretty solid player. I feel like he must have lost like he gained those twenty or somewhat pounds, and he became a three hundred five pound defensive tackle and. Just like, hey, he's gonna play Adrian Claiborne's role now. And I was like, Chuck, this will not work at no, all. I didn't think it would either. He's been cooking a little bit.
1: Yeah, it, it, I think that like that Packers game last week, he was all over the place. And the Packers have a pretty solid offensive line. I think the offensive line is better than the better than the Patriots. So I yeah. mean I, I'm not gonna bank, tackles are at least. Yeah. I'm not gonna bank on a you know, Courtney Upshaw Super Bowl breakout game, but I uh I, I kind of like I, I, I kind of like uh, the over for the sacks.
2: Uh, I I would agree with Justo. though. Um, I mean, is there a prop on Dwight Freeney? Because I feel like he's guaranteed a sack in this game. That might be my favorite matchup. Watching the tape, I feel like Dwight Freeney is going to get a sack in this game. Is there a prop on that? I didn't even look at. Uh,
0: I, I don't think so. You could. There's like a whole thing on defensive. Defensive props. I'll look it up right now. If y'all want to keep talking, I'm trying to find it, but
1: yeah, I mean,
0: no, there's there's nothing.
1: Is there anything on like forced fumbles for Keanu Neal or Vic Beasley? Uh, dude, I need I need Keanu Neal to just nah. like wreck somebody in this Super Bowl game. That would be great. Every single guy, okay, like, even his small hits, like like you could just hear like the force behind his pads. Even if if it's like not even a big hit, you, you still hear like a car crash
2: sound.
0: Damn, Keanu yeah, and you. And you know
2: what, speaking of, uh, that's another one of my favorite bets. First completion by Tom Brady, under seven and a half yards. Oh, Oh, what are, what are the odds on that? Minus 120. I like that's that. That's easy. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I, I feel like he's going to dink a three-yard pass out to somebody and either uh, Deion Jones or Keanu Newell is going to pop somebody in the mouth. Yeah. It's like a four-yard gain, three-yard gain, something like that. So.
0: Okay, let's let's have a talk about this. As a so, it, as if you were if you were making a line, right, and you had to pick one Atlanta player to get in trouble, right, before the Super Bowl, how how like minus fifteen hundred is Rashid
2: Hagman?
1: Oh, absolutely.
2: No, hold on, let me think about this. <laughs> or they they got a lot of clean guys. That's the yeah, problem. Yeah, they do. I, it could be I, even a Higman or Jalen Collins, uh, listen, you know, I, I guess. You know what? I've. Again, I'm a little bit biased from being a Jersey boy, and I've heard some stories, and I may have had a couple of encounters, but I feel like it could be Sanu. <laughs>
1: hmm.
2: I feel well, like it could be Sanu, Dude, so that, that
0: <laughs> NFC Championship game, I don't know what what Ladarius Gunter, or I can't remember if it was Gunter or Demarius Randall. But, like, Mohamed Sanu was, like, in the, his face all game. It was, like, he went like Steve Smith a little bit, man. Like, he was pissed. I don't know what one of those guys said to him. But oh, he was legitimately bad. The, the mic'd up segment? I No, I don't even know. I dude. was watching the game on a plane without any sound on. But it was, like, Sanu would catch a pass and then just dead-ass stare at a dude yeah. and just yell at him for, you, like, five seconds. And you got like, go to go to the uh,
1: the Falcons website. They have a mic'd up version of Sanu from that uh, NFC Championship game. He was... He was yelling. What was he at, mad about? Yeah, what was he mad about? I mean, he was just juiced up because they're about to go to the Super yeah. Bowl.
2: That—that's that that's a Jersey swag, man. It's a different level over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does it? Doesn't Sanu have like
0: some crazy tattoo too? Probably.
2: He has a Bengals tattoo. His oh, arm yeah, is a Bengal, right? He does. Oh yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> <that's> what, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> that, one, that worked out. That
2: worked out well. So, yes, that would be my prop. I feel like Muhammad could mess some shit up.
0: All right. You've you sold me. You've sold me. It's not, it's not going to be Rashid Hagman who went on, like, Instagram and asked <laughs> who has bud when, when they went to London like, <laughs> last year
2: or whatever. In London, who has bud?
1: <laughs> or uh, even, like, I think a sneaky play could be, like, Taylor Gabriel, like, getting too drunk at the club one night and, like, like pulling something. Like, like, if he hears a new Migos album at the club, he's going to go off.
2: You think so? You just, I mean, testing, if I had to, if I had to take it other all, I think it'd be Levitri. Levitri? I could see Levitri just going like incognito, just like white boy wasted at a club, just like taking his shirt off at
1: 315 pounds. He just had I, a baby. That's, like, that's my thought. I could be wrong. He just had a baby. I think <laughs> he might have like that new parent, like responsibility. He uh, settled down? Yeah. Okay. Uh, are there any more interesting prop bets?
0: Uh, I'm looking through right now. It's a bunch of like Lady Gaga like, stuff and like I don't, uh, I don't even know who cares about that.
2: I, I mean I mean if we're going back to football as you guys delve into Lady Gaga, uh Deion Lewis over two and a half receptions.
1: Oh I'm taking over on that.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The, I, I
1: like mean, I said, I, man, I'm not sure
2: teams... he's gonna be a I'm not sure he's gonna be a big gainer, especially mostly matched up against uh Dion and Devondre. But over two and a half receptions seems pretty easy to make.
0: The, these teams under uh, like these these books underrate the receiving running back in the Super Bowl every single time. Like, we had yeah. like a, we had like a Giants, like, uh, what's his name? Inoski or whatever that like fullback Henry that played had for Nowski? the Giants. Yeah. Hey, Nowski, he, like, yeah, he hit like every like it, it's like full, fullbacks and like receiving backs. Like, they hit him every single time because during the Super Bowl, you have two weeks to prepare, you're throwing everything out there. You know what I mean? So, it's like I don't know, they underrate that guy every single year, like clockwork.
1: Yeah. Uh, you have any,
2: you have any, uh, any other bets, AP? Uh, the other one I like is Brady under 310.5 yards at plus 100. I like I mean, too. if the Patriots are going to win this game to me, it is probably going to be like 21-17, and Blunt's going to have 110 yards. I, I mean, I can't see Brady having over 310.
1: Yeah, Trust me. and I, 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 I agree with you. Like, if you're just going to play that dink and dunk game, that's fine. We've got two linebackers that run a 4-5, and then Keanu Neal's just going to come pop you in the mouth too. So
2: if you want exactly. to play the
1: dink and Dinkin dunk game against what Belichick just said is the fastest defense he's seen this year, go ahead.
0: So we got we got to talk about this one. Uh, excessive celebration penalty. Yes is plus 260. No is minus 350. That's a no.
1: No, I don't think so. That's a no. No. Okay. Uh, should we Should we finish with the MVP odds? Unless you guys got something else. The MVP odds, like for the real MVP, Matt Ryan MVP. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, Matt, Matt, Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan's Ryan Ryan's
2: MVP. On this one. What a time to be alive! <laughs> I know. It's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, so uh, at plus one seventy five. So. Yeah,
0: Tommy Brady is plus one hundred. Matt Ryan is plus one seventy five. Julio is plus eight hundred. No one is within. Uh, Julian Edelman's plus fourteen hundred. I don't. I don't see how Julian Edelman was MVP. How about um, T. Coleman. What's
1: he at? I, 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 plus thirty three
0: hundred.
2: Yeah. I mean, if if you're trying to stack your money, it would be uh, Ryan Blunt or Coleman. Yeah, that's what I think. So, in so. my opinion. Yeah. That's how I feel. Um, that makes sense. if, if the Falcons win, Ryan probably throws three touchdowns if the Patriots win, like I said, Blunt gets 110 yards or so, but Coleman could also have 10 carries for, you know, 67 yards, a touchdown and five catches for 47 yards and another touchdown. So
0: yeah, I think I'm going to, I'm going to put money on Vic Beasley cause he's 5,000 right now. And like, I'm just going to ride this wave. I think
1: well, Vic's not getting the sack, man. I don't think he's going to get sacked sack either.
0: I don't think so, but they got to do it. You got to do it for the timeline. If nothing else. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, all
1: right. Well, okay. Before we uh, jump off, we got one question from a uh, good pal, Colin at Boney Romo on Twitter. If <laughs> in the 28 seat in the 2018 season, who has a better record? The Falcons or the Kyle Shanahan led 49ers. Go to hell, Boney. That's my answer. <laughs> I'm, I am I'm happy for sh- Shaney though. I'm I'm happy that he's
2: given this job. He deserves it. You know what? I'm I'm super happy he'll be our offensive coordinator in two years again. Yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, so we about to say. Oh, go ahead. No, I was about to say. I was, was just going
0: I, I was gonna ask. Like, okay, so how, how much do you think this is Shanahan? Right. So, like, going into next season, what are you guys expecting? Like, are you guys expecting like an eight eight win season? Or you guys want like playoffs again, or like well, what? Where are you guys in? Back to the playoffs. That's I like, mean, that's what look, you guys look at what look at are?
1: what the defense has done with four rookies and without a real defensive yeah. line. Like, they've gotten better right. every week.
0: No makes sense. I just wanted to see how 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 in love you guys were with with Kyle Shanahan, even though you know he's one foot out the door.
2: I mean, I don't. Expect you know the thing is for me, I feel like Alex Mack was probably a bigger difference than Kyle Shannon. As much as Shannon's cooking, Matt Ryan in the pocket, it's just a completely different person. You know, he's stepping back with comfort. It's just a completely different guy. So, yeah. uh,
1: And, uh, I mean, Alex Mack even said when he first got there, he told Matt Ryan, he was going to take the, like the protection duties off his hands and Matt just had to worry about the coverage. So, Matt does not really have to make the protection calls anymore. That's all Alex Mack, which makes things a lot easier for a quarterback. All right, uh, so we can end it here. This is episode 10 of Setting the Edge. You can find uh, me on Twitter at 4Verts, Justice at Jumosq, and our good pal, Andrew Parsons at AP underscore I don't get tired, I D G T. Um, next week we have a really special guest, so you, uh, definitely tune in for that. Uh, AP, you guys have anything to say before we, uh, sign off?
2: I would just like to tell everybody that, uh, me and Chuck are getting Falcons tattoos if they win it. so.
1: Yes, we are. Cross your fingers. Cross your fingers.
2: <laughs> Let's get this
1: done. Uh, all right, Justin, you got anything to say? Uh, nope. Rise up. Rise up. All right, we'll be back next week. In Brotherhood. In Brotherhood, rise up. All right, we'll be back next week, like I said, with a very special guest, so stay tuned. Go Falcons. Thank you,
2: guys. Be well.